Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, episode 52. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast. And I am your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. And today I feel like I should have a fanfare because episode 52 means that I have been going for an entire year. 52 episodes of the podcast. Wow, I can't believe a year has gone by already. I am so, so pleased to have started the podcast and I am loving the fact 
that I am 12 months in and it's been the success that it's been, that I get all you lovely listeners listening to me. I get great feedback. I've had some amazing guests and I have loved every minute. Don't get me wrong, you know, because I'm very honest, it's hard work sometimes creating the content, coming up with ideas, getting the actual thing out there. You should see the spreadsheet my team and I have to make sure that we've got ourselves organized, but I do love it. And compared to other bits of content, I much prefer talking over writing. So for me, this is just the best way in order to help you guys, to give you ideas and to share my information. So today is going to be a fairly full on episode. I'm really excited about today's episode and I'm going to share a couple of reasons why that is. So today's episode, I'm going to be taking you through a formula to launch something online or the formula that I use to sell online. And I've likened this formula to baking a cake. This might seem a little bit odd to you right now, but I promise you as this episode goes on, you're going to see why I say that. So the other reason I'm really excited about doing this episode and something I just want to put out there to you and I would love a bit of feedback from you is that obviously I started the podcast and I started my business with social media in mind. Social media was always a thing I was well known for. It's the one thing that obviously I do an awful lot of. I talk, I train and I love social media. It's brilliant. However, one of the things that I really love, and you know when, um, have you heard the term your uh, zone of excellence? I think that's what the term is. It's in one of the many books I've read that basically when you find that sweet spot of the thing that you are really good at and you just love, it doesn't seem difficult at all. And for me, I always thought that was social media because I do love it and I do find it interesting and easy. However, this thing that we're going to talk about today, the online selling element, oh man, I just love it. I geek out over funnels and ads and landing pages and sales pages and processes and emails and amazing technology that can do the most phenomenal stuff. So I'm at a bit of a crossroads at the moment because I'm obviously really well known for the social media side. And this podcast has seen a few tweaks and changes. We've done episodes that aren't necessarily social media related. And I want to get your feedback. Do you want this podcast to be absolutely dedicated only to social media and not have any of the episodes around digital marketing, emails, other aspects of marketing, aspects of running a business, which also I love doing too? And the other area that I love is the whole mindset thing as well. So again, I've had some great guests on about that, um, such as James Wedmore, and I'll link up to that in the show notes. But I'm just interested. Do you want all of that? Are you happy that I'm doing all of that? Because for me, I love the variety. Like I said, social media sits very firmly in what I do. Everything tends to span from it or to it. But I just also love filling in the other bits and sharing those those other parts of what it's like to run a business, what it's like to run a business online, and what it's like to try and sell and get known using online tools. So do you know what? Come and find me. I'm always in my DMs. Normally Instagram's the one you're going to get me quickest in. And come and tell me what you think, because I'm really interested. I've built up a really lovely following of the podcast. I want to keep growing it further and I want to know what you want. So 
So the other reason today's episode is a really cool one and I'm excited to do it right now is because I am currently right in the middle of this process I'm about to talk you through. I am currently, when I'm recording this, and as you know, I batch, so I am a little bit early recording this. I'm probably about four weeks. Yeah, four weeks from when this is actually going live. And so by now, the thing that I'm halfway through will all be out there and you'll see it. And it'll be, I'm tentative to say, isn't that silly? Because I'm thinking, oh no, what if something goes wrong and it's not gone live by then? But I'm going to think positive and I'm going to tell you that by the time you listen to this, I will be selling a course online. So go and have a look for that. I'll hook up to that in the show notes as well. Anyway, so as I've said, I'm right in the middle of this process. And the funny thing is, I'm actually a bit tired and I'm a little bit worn out because it's a full-on process. But I wanted to do this episode now, so I'm going to try and be super positive about it, even though I might be feeling a little bit tired right now. So I'm going to talk you through, straight from the beginning all the way through to selling, how you take someone from having no idea who you are right the way through to getting them on your list, to warming them up, using something like a webinar or a masterclass, which is what I've just done, and then taking them to the sales page. So basically, I'm going to talk you through what I am doing currently in my business. Because I want you to, I want you to understand a couple of things actually. So first off, I want you to hear the process because boy, it's a fair size process. And then I want you to understand the analogy of it's like baking a cake, because I want you to understand that there are so many steps to each of these things. And each of these things I'm going to mention, there are so many other aspects of each individual part that if you get them wrong, it can affect your entire funnel. So it can literally, if you put salt in instead of sugar, your cake is absolutely ruined. It's funny that I should choose cake because if you know me, you know I don't have a sweet tooth and cake isn't something I eat. In fact, I can't even remember the last time I ate cake. I'm trying to think. No, can't remember. Anyway, but it just is such a good analogy because it's like a science baking a cake, isn't it? You've got to get it right. So for me, a funnel, a sales funnel is exactly the same. If you don't get all those aspects right, you're ruining your cake. You're ruining your outcome at the end. So let me start by walking you through how we take someone from not knowing who I am up into getting them onto my email list. So I've talked about this lots of times before. This is the use of lead magnets, but I'm going to take a step before. If I'm going to want to introduce myself to a cold audience, so obviously this might be an audience on Facebook, I'm going to want to warm them up a little bit first. So I wouldn't suggest that you go straight into a cold audience and go, hey, I've got this amazing download or I've put together this check sheet for you or I've put together this PDF for you. Do you want to download it? If they've never even seen you before, if they don't even know who you are. So one of the first things I do is I create a video advert and I might advertise this. Obviously, I've already profiled my client or my ideal client. I found them on Facebook. I've picked out the audience I need in particular. See, this is what I mean, right? The very first step, if you haven't sat down and worked out in detail who that person is you're trying to speak to, you might fall at the very first hurdle. So, okay, I've worked out who I'm going to speak to and I'm going to send them a video ad. And all I'm going to ask them to do is watch the video. Now, time-wise, it might be over a minute. It might be up to two or three minutes. It might be 10 minutes. All of these things are variable things and can have an effect on your overall outcome. But you do definitely want it over a minute because 
What I'm trying to look for here are people who stay and watch the video. Now, they don't have to watch all of it. They can watch a certain percentage of it. Again, that can vary. But what I want to see is people that have actually come in and clicked and watched that video or have seen a certain length of that video. Because do you know what? If I'm advertising a video to you about, let's say, how to create content or how to use Instagram for business, then you're not going to hang around and watch that for any length of time if that is not something that is of interest to you. The same as in your niche or your business, you've got to think, let's say you are someone who offers something to people who are pregnant, women that are pregnant. So you might put out a video on how to deal with a certain element of being pregnant. Now, if I'm not pregnant or that is not obviously appropriate to me, I wouldn't watch it. So we're trying to think of Give them something that only your target audience will want to see. And like I said, send the video out. Now, you can put a call to action in there of find out more or go and look at my website. But the idea is we're not trying to get them to convert or give them their email address at this point. Now, you can always ask them, but don't expect that to be necessarily the thing that they're going to do. And the reason I do this, and like I said, this is my formula. These are my steps. You know, they work for me and my clients you might find that something else different works. The reason I put the video out is because then I remarket to video views. Now you've got to have a fair bit of budget to do this just because you need to get that audience fairly big. And the more niche you are, that might be difficult. But once I've got some people who have watched the video, then I can start remarketing back to those people and obviously to warm audiences. So people who already know me or people who are have already interacted with my page and then I send out a different advert and that advert is the one with the lead magnet. So you literally go from having an ad, which obviously you have an image and some text, a headline, a call to action button. They're all separate ingredients. If some of those are wrong, you're not going to get them past that advert. I've done split testing or pretty much split test every one we do. So we'll have different images and different texts and different call to action buttons. If you can get them to click past the ad or on the ad, the next place you're going to want to send them is your landing page. And again, the science that goes into a landing page, where you put your call to action buttons, what color they are. In fact, one of the very early episodes, um, which I almost don't want to send you back to because I don't know how it'll sound. Um, I talk about the sort of makeup of a landing page. So I will hook up to that in the show notes. If you go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash 52, as in the numbers, you'll find the show notes there and you'll be able to get all these links. But obviously your landing page is where you're going to be offering the thing that they've clicked to get. So you should make sure it's consistent. You should make sure the images you used on your ads are similar to the images on your landing page. Then from your landing page, you're going to ask them to give you their details. And I do this in a, in a lead box. So once they click the button, say, yes, I really want this. The lead box pops up on the landing page. And I should just mention the landing page isn't on your website or I don't have mine on my website because landing pages are very specific. They shouldn't be able to click on any other link bar the button that basically gets them to say, yes, I want the thing. Now, what's going to happen is if they don't want it for whatever reason, if they get to that page and go, oh, no, I made a mistake, then they just close the, the browser window down. They just shut down, which is fine in this instance, because the thing you're really trying to get them to do is give you their details. If you have it on your website, the risk is they might see your about us section and want to read that or look at something else and then forget completely how they got there 
and not fill in those details. So landing page, really specific. They click on that button. The button then opens a lead box. That's where they're putting in their name and their email address. I ask for the most minimum amount of information because for me, if you're asking them to fill in too much stuff, they're not going to do it. And also things like I often have a progress bar at the top of that lead box and it says like 50% done already. So they can see that they're not going to go from that lead box to then 20 more questions. And then from that lead box, once they click the button to say, yes, great, they then go to a thank you page. And obviously the thank you page isn't as crucial, if you like, as the landing page, because you're trying to get them to convert on the landing page but you really want to try and make the most of that thank you page. You then might want to get them to connect with you on social media. You might want a video. I know on my lead magnet, one of the ones I've done, I have a video that introduces me to them because at this point they may not have seen me. They might've just seen the thing that they've asked for. And the thank you page can then send them off to your website or like you said, get them to link up with you on social media. Also, you can do things like share buttons. So you can encourage them to share the fact that they've just downloaded the whatever it is, and share it with their friends on social media. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have this connected up with a email system. So the systems I use are lead pages, and that's to help me build my landing page and my lead box and my thank you page. And then I use Infusionsoft. But I'm also going to, in the show notes, I'll link to those, but I'm also going to link to Drip, which I did used to use, which is excellent. I just moved to Infusionsoft because I wanted a few more of their functionality, but Infusionsoft is more expensive. So you might want to have a look at Drip as well, and I'll link to all of them in the show notes. But that email system that you connect up, you need it to be able to do some automation because what's going to happen is the minute they submit their name and email, then it's going to connect up to your email provider who's then going to start a campaign, normally called campaigns, within the system that sends them the thing they've asked for. Now, normally at this stage, I would do two or three emails to do with the thing they've asked for. Also, you want to be thinking about GDPR and how you're getting them to agree to basically stay on your list as well. Obviously, GDPR applies to businesses in the EU and anybody marketing to the EU. Anyway, so then you're following up with a number of emails and in those emails, you're going to deliver the thing they've asked for in email number one. And then in email number one, you might have another call to action, but a soft one. So you don't put your next big thing in email number one because the likelihood is they'll miss it. So you might put click here to come and find me on social media or come and have a look at the website. Email two, you might be more deliberate with a call to action. So email two might be, how are you getting on? Here's another bit of information. Um, how can I help you? That's when I would tend to get them to come and listen to the podcast, or I would encourage them to consume some more of my free content. And then in email number three, that could be where you try and lead them into the next part of your funnel if it's all set up like this. Now, as we speak, mine isn't. It depends how quick you want to take them through the process. For me, that might seem a little bit too fast, but for some people, they absolutely do take you through the process that quick. Oh, I should have mentioned your emails, your one, two, and three emails. You would have a delay between them. And all of this goes automatically. So literally you press the button on the advert to go live. Once you've set up that lead magnet, it will all do it itself. You don't have to do anything. In the email provider, you also want to do things like tag people with certain tags so you know what lead magnet they've had, whether they've downloaded it and that sort of thing. Okay, 
So that's the lead magnet thing. That's bringing them into my email list. Now, I am literally throwing information at you here. So I apologize, but I just want you to get almost the sheer scale of it. And then the other thing I want to do with you, if you are happy to, is over subsequent um, episodes of the podcast, I want to deep dive into some of these aspects. So once you've got them on your email list, I'm going to now talk as if we're going to do a webinar or a masterclass to them, which again is what I did. So you would then offer them to come and join a webinar or masterclass. And you're going to do this one of a couple of ways. You're going to either put adverts out there and they'll see an ad, which again, I would probably do to my warm audience, which hopefully should be building up quite big now because you've been doing your lead magnet. And also I'll be sending emails to my existing list. So I'll send them an email to say, hey, look, we've got this masterclass that we're doing. So you'll be having people come in to your landing page from multiple ways. And of course, I post it on my normal social media. I'll talk about it in other places. What you need to think about at this point is obviously what your live class, webinar, masterclass is going to be about and what images and text and headlines and calls to action you're going to put on the advert and what text you're going to put in the email because really this needs to be really convincing selling type text to convince someone to click the button to go and look at the landing page in order to sign up. So once they've got to the landing page, the idea is that you're just giving them some more information. So you're going to be giving them the information of the time and the dates. You're going to be telling them what they're going to be learning. You're going to be telling them maybe what life might look like after they've done this webinar or masterclass. And you're going to be encouraging them to sign up. And again, you're going to want a consistent feel, look and sound between your ad or your email and the landing page itself. Now, the other thing that's quite useful, especially on webinars or live events, is countdowns. And lead pages have a countdown option where you can drag in a countdown. You put the time and date of the thing that you're doing and it will count down. It creates a sense of urgency. This is really useful when someone goes to a landing page and they feel like, oh, wow, I've got to get this done because it's only X amount of time away. Now, I made it a little bit more difficult for myself at this point because I wanted to do three webinars all on one day at different times. And also because my audience is so wide, which is awesome, I wanted to make sure I'd put enough time zones on there in order for people to see where they might be. So I included um, obviously the UK, EST and PST in the States and an Australian time zone just so that they could immediately see. So my landing page actually had three main call to action buttons So when they clicked on the one that the time they wanted, it brought up the lead box of that time. And that started a campaign and everything else that was specifically to do with that time frame. So I had to create three of everything. (laughs) I told you we're right in the middle of it. We're really tired. But for me, it was important because I wanted to make it slick. So when you go to that landing page and you click that you want to come on the 8am masterclass, The lead box that pops up next where you put your name and your email in says 8am. When you go to the thank you page, it reminds you when that webinar is or when the masterclass is and says 8am. And the emails that come out say 8am. So that's why I decided I wanted to duplicate them. And obviously, once you've done the process once, it is just a case of duplicating it and changing the time. So maybe it's not as bad as I'm making out. Obviously, there's always room for error, which again makes a bit of pressure on you as you're doing it. 
But that's what I wanted to do. So I have made a bit of extra work for myself, but I felt it was important for my audience to give them several different times in which they could come on the webinar or on the masterclass because obviously I'm dealing with a wide time zone. So I wanted to give them those options. So as I said, you'll have a landing page where you're trying to get them to sign up to the masterclass or webinar, and then you'll open the lead box. Again, I still only ask for name and email, nothing more than that. And then the thank you page that they're going to, in this instance, again, I've done a video. And the reason I did a video was because one of the things that's really important when you're doing a live training is that people turn up live. Now, great, obviously, it's always lovely if you do miss something that you get a replay. But actually, for me and the rest of the people on, the more people that are on, the better. And you just get more from it. You actually get to carve that time out in your diary that says, do you know what? I'm going to work on my business. And also you get to ask questions, which for me is really valuable. I have done a ton of webinars and live trainings and being able to put a question forward and get that answered is great. So on my thank you page, like I said, I remind them when it is, I tell them to go put it in their diary and I tell them to turn up live. Then you've got emails that are going to go out afterwards. Now, the emails on a live training or a webinar are really important because, like I said, you want people to turn up live. So the emails are all going to be about encouraging you to remember to put it in your diary and to turn up live on the day. So for me, I think in this process, I've done four emails. I've done one immediately when you sign up that says, yeah, great, here we go. Here's all the details. I've done another one, I think about four days out from the actual training that says, great, only four days to go or something like that and gives them a download, which I want them to use during the training. And then one 24 hours before and one an hour before. Now, this might seem excessive, but I promise you, having been on the receiving end of these emails, they are essential because I sign up for stuff. They go in my diary. I forget they're happening, uh, which is terrible because they're in my diary. I really shouldn't forget they're happening. But that email that comes through and says one hour to go or the email that says 24 hours to go is great. And I know that if I think about Amy Porterfield, she'll do one literally five minutes to go. So I've just opted for the one, one hour to go. And for me, I think four is sufficient, but it's about trying to get them to turn up live. So at this point, they've filled in, they said they're going to come live They've had all their emails saying, yay, come live and, and hopefully you'll see us there and ask your questions and whatever it might be. Then they'll attend the actual training. Now, there's a couple of things on the training that obviously if you have a hashtag, then that's great. You want them to get as involved as possible. And at the end of that training, as with most live trainings or webinars or masterclasses, there's something we want you to buy. Now, obviously, we're not trying to sell you something that we don't think you need. And therefore, don't ever feel like, oh, this is bad. I shouldn't be doing the selling bit. Well, I think most people know that if they're going on some live free training, that there's going to be some pitch of some sort. And hopefully, if they've chosen their audience correctly, then you're going to want the thing that they're selling. So, for me, I never mind someone trying to pitch to me at the end. If I don't want it, I don't want it. And thank you very much. And that's fine. And actually, for me, the same goes. If someone wants to come on my training and watch my stuff and learn it and go, brilliant, thank you, Teresa, and feel motivated and I've got some new tools to use and they don't buy, then that is still as much of a win for me as someone who's buying as well. Because 
ultimately I want these to be useful, which is one of the reasons I'm doing them. Now, following on from the live training or the masterclass, you're going to want to send some emails again. Now, one thing that you're going to have to think about is you're going to be sending sales emails, but you're going to be speaking differently to different people. Now, let's imagine your email list. You've asked your email list to come on the training. You're going to have X amount of people who just ignore you and don't come on the training or don't even register. You're going to have people that registered and didn't attend live. And then you're going to have people who registered and did attend live. Well, the only people who know you've put a new offer out to sale are the people who attended live on your webinar or your training. So you're going to want to try and speak differently to these people as well as the other two groups, because again, they're two different types of groups. So ideally, your system, if you're using Drip or Infusionsoft, they're going to be able to tag when people do certain things. We use Zoom as well to run webinars through, and we take the attendee list from Zoom, and we then go into Infusionsoft and mark whoever attended live. Because the idea is the following day or later that day, an email goes out, to the people who attended live. And also, this is where it gets a little bit full on, I guess. So if you're selling on that webinar, you're going to have people hopefully buy on the webinar. Now, if they buy, then they're going to go through a whole nother process. But that process they're going to go through is going to start them with a tag. It's going to give them a tag. So when I send that email to the people who attended the webinar, I don't send it to the people who have already bought because obviously the idea of that is that, that you're trying to convert them into the sale. So you're going to send an email to people who did attend the webinar, but didn't buy the thing you offered. And your email is very much going to be focused on, here's your replay. Did you enjoy it? Have you got any questions? And also I want to recap what the offer is basically. And it's going to be more of a sales email. Now, the people who did register but didn't attend live, they don't even know you offered something. So that email to those people needs to be focused on, hey, here's your replay. It was awesome. We covered this, 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 this. Go and watch the replay. And by the way, and it would be, you know, let's say it would be less than half of the actual email text, but then you would mention also at the end of the webinar, I offered you X, Y, Z, and then you'll put the selling bit in. And then obviously the people who didn't even register, you can kind of go straight in with, hey, I've got this new thing because they didn't attend the, the webinar, they didn't register and therefore you don't really need to talk about the masterclass or the webinar at all. You can just go into the sales. So then you're going to have subsequent emails that are going to be going out to those people. And again, depending on whether you're doing a cart open or cart close situation, depending on whether there's early bird offers. Oh, one thing I missed, which I must say, which is a really good one on your webinar or your masterclass, having a fast acting bonus is really, really good. So often you will offer the people on the webinar something that only they can get if they buy within the first 24 hours, the first hour, whatever it might be. So, and that depends on what it is you're offering, how much the price point is. Again, lots of considerations in that one. So like I said, you've had people who have bought and if they've bought, they go into their own funnel that welcomes them to the course or the membership or the whatever it is you've sold them. 
But if they haven't bought, then like I said, you're going to have some different emails going out over a length of time. And all that's very variable depending on your offer and your early bird and that sort of thing. But you're going to have emails going out encouraging to try and buy. The other thing you can do at this point is you could always do some remarketing. Depending on how many people went to your sales page, you could remarket back to them. I have a great example. It was so good. So it was actually B-School by Marie Folio. Now, I had looked at B-School just out of interest. And again, I told you, I geek out on this stuff. So anytime anyone's selling anything, I go and check out their sales page. I look at what they're telling me. And I actually look at how much they're convincing me to buy the thing. And I have to stop myself sometimes. But I look at like, wow, you know, this is excellent. I would actually want to buy it. So then I try and think about why why do I want to buy this? What is it that's making me want to do this? So anyway... I'd gone to look at B-School sales page with the possible intention of buying. I didn't in the end. But then when I was on Facebook later on, there was Marie Folio video face to camera, kind of pointing, I think it was, and actually saying, I saw you looking at the sales page. You're going to miss this opportunity because B-School opens and then the cart closes. So there really is urgency on that one. So she was like, you're going to miss this opportunity. I saw you looking. Why didn't you do it? And that was so direct. And it seems really like bullish. Is that the right word? But actually it wasn't. It was fine. I wasn't at all like, oh, stop bothering me. It was absolutely fine that she said it. There are many reasons why people go to a sales page and don't complete. You know, the kids distract you. You're in the middle of something. The phone rings. The internet goes down. So actually remarketing you might end up capturing a few extra sales that you wouldn't have got if you hadn't have done it. So there's all that side as well. And then obviously from your sales page, so the page that you send people to to actually buy, wow, there are some ingredients that you want to really think about on that page. Now, the building of a sales page is a really fine art. So there are certain things that you want to say and do. There's a structure of the page. There are um, things like, so for instance, even if it's a digital product, you need to show people what you're going to be selling to them. So for me with my course, even though it's all online, I have screenshots of the inside of my course, of the Facebook page uh, or the private group that you get if you're part of the course. So, you know, it's it's all those kind of things that go into making a sales page lo and behold, the actual text itself and the kind of tone of voice and things. And then obviously you're going to have a thank you page and then you're going to have welcome emails when they actually sign in. Oh my word, are you exhausted? Because I am. I feel like I've talked non-stop and I've drawn this flowchart out in front of me to remind me of all the steps. And it's immense. It's a, it's a, honestly, it's a big process. And I'm not saying it to put people off. I promise you, I'm saying it that if you have tried to do something like this, whether it just be the lead magnet, whether it just be a live webinar or a live training, or you've just tried to sell something and it didn't work and you are sat there going, well, no one wants it. It's terrible. I'm trying to get you to understand that actually there is so much to each of these elements. There are so many things that can make and break all of those elements that can literally be the success or the failure of the whole funnel. So for instance, like I said, you don't get the audience right in the first place. They won't even start the process. You do the wrong, uh, you do an amazing advert, but it goes to a landing page that makes no sense. You lose them at that point. You might 
get them on the actual live training, but you might be terrible at selling to them and you lose them at that point. Or your live training might not fit nicely with the thing you're trying to sell. Or you send them to your sales page and you don't do a good enough job of convincing them that the thing you're selling is worth the amount you're charging for it. So like I said, there are a million reasons, there are a million ingredients in this cake that you're trying to bake that I don't want you to think if someone hasn't bought, if you've had a failed lead magnet, a failed live training or a failed sale, that it's down to the fact that actually it doesn't work. Because I promise you it does work. It just might need a tweak or a change or a different image, different text. It might need a different audience. There's going to be something somewhere that you're going to be able to tweak and change that will make a difference to that funnel. And what's the most amazing thing about marketing now is every single step that I just read out, the advert, the landing page, the thank you page, the emails, the signups, the registrations, the people who attend live, the people who don't attend live, the people who buy, every single one of those steps, I'm going to be able to get some stats for. I'm going to be able to see how many people came in and how many people moved out. At what point did they just drop off? At what point did that funnel fail me? And I'm going to be able to make a difference. So absolutely go ahead and work through these funnels and and put these things together. But do bear in mind, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of places it can go wrong, a lot of places that it can go right. But it takes those all those various different ingredients to all come together in this beautiful way to create this amazing cake at the end. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Like I said, I'm a bit exhausted. And I literally think I've recorded this pretty much straight off in one go because it's a process that I'm currently going through. And not only am I currently going through it, we do it for clients all the time. Like I said, this is one of the favorite things I do. I particularly like setting up sales funnels, lead magnets, sales pages, all that sort of stuff. That excites me, which I know probably need to get out a bit more. But yeah, I love it. And like I said, I'm writing it at the moment. So for me, mapping that out is great. And actually going forward, I would really love to do some more teaching on this. I would really love to take my business a bit more down this route. So like I said, remember uh, I said at the beginning, if you've got thoughts around if you mind or don't mind the various different aspects of marketing and business and, and entrepreneurship coming into the podcast, then great, let me know. Also, I have threatened many a time, and if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that I really do want to do a YouTube channel because I'd love to get on video. And actually, if I'm going to do that, it's going to be a slightly different subject and probably more around being an entrepreneur mindset and um, running a business and that sort of thing. So anyway, that's enough from me today. You can get a lie down and if it's morning, a coffee, if it's gone midday, a gin or a wine. And just think about all those steps and things. And like I said, going forward, I'm going to be focusing on various parts of these. So look out for future episodes. And also, I'm going to be doing some downloads in the future episodes where I go into more detail and I give you those details. So I really hope you find this useful. I really hope I haven't completely made your brain hurt and that you managed to keep up. And I can't wait to speak to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 